buckle up because here comes episode 19 of the Happen to Your Career podcast. Okay, so we have to do the intro for Katie's interview. Do you want to do it? Uh, I don't know. You can do it if you want. Well, I mean, I, I guess it doesn't really matter. I mean, we both kind of start them sometimes. Do you, I, you can do it if you want. It doesn't yeah, matter to me. Yeah, you're, the fa- you're the founder. I mean, I, I, can, I can do it, but I mean, you're the director of happening, so you know, you can eat it. <laughs> sometimes, but but I'm I just worry because sometimes I think people just think I'm the goofball, and I don't want them to think that this is just all fun and games and you know, sunshine and lollipops. Well, sometimes it is, but you know, sometimes it's not. So I don't know. You can you can decide to do it if you want to. Well, you want to rock paper? Well, no, rock paper scissors won't work. We're not looking at each other. So like, we should probably you can decide to do it. It's, we should probably just yeah fine. make a decision. Yeah. Can we? Can you call your wife? Ask your wife which one of us should. Start oh, she'd probably make a decision, huh? You know, it's pretty early. I can't decide whether I should call my wife or not. It's five thirty nine right here. This is Happen to Your Career, the show that is all about helping you move to work you love. We want you to do work that fits your unique and signature strengths. We will bring you inspiration, tools, and roadmaps to help you in your journey. I'm Scott Anthony Barlow. We are so extremely excited to have Katie McCarthy on the show today. Now, Katie is the host of Give Good, a daily interview podcast featuring good givers of all kinds, visionaries, cutting-edge scientists, best-selling authors, social innovators, artists, and a whole variety of other people. And I have actually listened to her podcast. It's amazing. And I know that Katie has has an amazing story, so I'm super excited to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here. Honored. Honored, well, in fact. Thank you. Thank you. So, You're welcome. Yeah, you know, that being the case, we get to we had to dig into what's happened before you actually had this podcast. But I was hoping before we do any of that, you can share a little bit more about yourself, both personally and professionally. Yes. Well, I live in. Oh, you're all going to be jealous. <laughs> I'm already. Jealous. I live in what is affectionately referred to by most as paradise, but in sunny San Diego. I'm originally from the East Coast, so it it was a bit of an adjustment moving from like the Northeast Coast, right outside of Philadelphia, to um, in the small state of Delaware, to San Diego. But um, I've been here for five years now, and I have had a you know, tried out various careers. I, I love I love to think about ideas. I, I just they get into my head and I become obsessed with them. And I think that my favorite thing to do ever, maybe, is to to brainstorm business ideas with people. <laughs> so it's not surprising that um I left corporate America to become an entrepreneur. And um yeah, I I and I'm super crafty. Like I love to learn new things. I think I might be if I'm addicted to anything, it's learning. And I so I I've I make jewelry. I actually sell it at a local coffee shop. I can arm knit, which most people probably don't even know what that I, is. I but don't you, even know what that is. <laughs> what 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 is arm knitting? <laughs> it's knitting where you use your arms as the needles. Wow. It's really cool because you can make something that's a complete product in about 45 minutes. And if anybody has ever knitted anything out there listening, you know that that's a virtual impossibility. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, you know, I just love to be crafty and uh, explore what San Diego has to offer. 
I Makes am a little bit I, about me. I am a little bit jealous. I I am not going to lie that uh, San Diego sitting here as I'm looking out the window of my my studio and it's like 17 degrees and yesterday it was seven degrees. Yeah. Uh. I, <laughs> rest of the year it's great, but yeah, San Diego sounds pretty good right now. Well, you have beautiful trees. Um, so, Which is, is something, or do you not? So, do you live in the middle of a field? <laughs> <laughs> you know, not not too far off from that. So everybody thinks you know Seattle when I say Washington State, and you know you've got Starbucks, you got Evergreens, you got all that those beautiful mountains. I I live in the middle of the desert, and it's it's no way. Yeah, way. I I I actually. Uh, it's it's middle of the desert. It's actually beautiful in its own right. There's a beautiful lake here, and we uh, we lived up on the lake until just recently here, and um, it, it it doesn't look anything like what most people have envisioned in their head for Washington State. So, you know what's so crazy is when I moved to San Diego, I had no idea it was a desert. Oh. <laughs> The things I didn't know, I'm, I, I, you'll find this out about me as we go through this interview, but I'm kind of, um, I get an idea and then I execute. And I don't always do a whole lot of planning, which is one of, which is really great because it's given me an opportunity to learn a lot of lessons. And now I can provide people with a lot of stories about why planning is really <laughs> But, um, yeah, when I moved to San Diego, I got here and I was like, what's happening? There's just no trees here. Well, it, it's a desert. Yeah, it, it it I've been there a couple of times. It's it's beautiful, but it yeah, it's beautiful in a different way. <clears throat> mm-hmm. It's a large topiary garden is, is how I like to refer to it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> let's go with that. So mm-hmm. you know, I love what you said though about uh, you know you will just act on things because you've started to build a career around that piece now. You know, and I love your tagline. You know, tune tune in to turn passion into action, and that really resonates with me. And and you're starting to. Uh, starting to really build a movement almost around that, but but I'm curious, you know, before we start talking about that piece of it, you know, let's let's look back a little bit, and I, I'm I'm really interested to learn a little bit more about what started your journey to move into this other work that that matters to you. Well, I um, I've always been into personal growth and development. As, as access to having a life that I love. So I was in a course with, um, with a company called Landmark Worldwide. And they talk about creating possibilities. You know, most of us wake up in this kind of default context. Like we wake up however we wake up and then we roll out of bed and we go live our life. However, we woke up, like with the mood and feelings that we have from <laughs> basically that we, that we have by chance. And, uh, and so, and what one of the things that Landmark talks about with creating possibilities is that you can actually create a context in which to live your life. So I was, I had a friend and I was creating the context of being loving. And so every day, that's kind of where I came from. I approached every situation like, how can I be loving in this situation or loving of myself, loving of other people, loving of my work, um, loving of my life. And, I'm sitting at work. It's uh, March 11th. And I've had my call with my friend at 7 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And it's now 9 o'clock. And y- you know, if you can uh, picture me, I'm, I'm sitting in a, it, on, on a military base. I'm in a gray cubicle with, in a room that has a whole, that's like a cube farm. It's a huge cube farm. And no windows. And I'm typing. 
awesome. And I'm <laughs> and it's awesome. <laughs> and I'm typing and I'm making meeting minutes, which if which is just something I don't know how anyone can derive pleasure from that activity. But so I'm I'm typing meeting minutes and I'm I'm doing my job and somebody comes over and they start talking to me and I'm looking at my computer screen kind of going like this to them. Uh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um I'm kind of busy and <laughs> typing all the time. And as soon as they walked away and I could feel like the tension in my shoulders and in my jaw and just like this you know, this entire body experience of being like kind of angry and irritated. Mm -hmm. And as soon as they walked away, I was like, I am supposed to be creating being loving. And that was not loving. I did not give them any attention. I am not giving my meeting minutes the love and attention that they deserve. And my body feels terrible. Like I'm not loving my body. And I called my friend. I went into the parking lot and I called my friend and I said, I'm I'm creating being loving and it's not working at all. And um, we had this conversation that really that completely altered the trajectory of my life where she said, you know, they're never going to fire you. Like, you have a great job and people think you do a good job at it. So if anything's going to happen, it's going to be because you take a different action because you choose to alter your future. And um, when she said, like, you could be at this job at seven. (laughs) I just started crying in the parking lot. And that's when I knew something had to shift. And she suggested I go in and write my letter of resignation. And that's exactly what I did. I put, um, I wrote the letter. I went went on Google, typed in letters of resignation, copied and pasted something (laughs) into a Word doc and, um, and, you know, and filled it out and put a date on it. And I told her if I don't quit by, um, by the date was May 17th, if I don't give my notice by May 17th, you have it's my request that you mail this to the HR department of my company. Wow. And, and then, and then I had a whole, you know, <laughs> then as soon as that decision was made, it, it opened up a whole different world to me. Then I had to figure out what I was going to do and um, what I was really committed to and what, you know, if I wanted to get another job, if I wanted to create a new career. And, and that, that's kind of, that, that was the genesis of Give Good. That is fantastic. There's so much rolled up in that that I want to talk about, actually. You know, I, I love that because not only did you make the decision, you took, you took that, uh, that particular situation and ultimately made a decision that altered the course of your life. But at that same point in time, uh, or shortly afterward, that you made that decision, you also put some action in place to be able to light your feet to the fire so that you would, even when it, you know, and I'm assuming times would get, you know, up and down and hard and stuff later, you would still have reason to act. And I love that because so many people struggle with, you know, not just taking the first steps, but continually taking steps when, uh, when it gets hard or when it's like, what on earth was I thinking for that decision? Right. So oh, yeah. That's, that's so cool that, uh, that you, you, you know, took the steps to have somebody else, uh, you know, one in on it and two, you know, had that letter at the ready and and so on and so forth. So perfect. Oh, yes. Actually, the most I thank you for bringing up that up. The most immediate thing I confronted yeah. was that I had tried other things. I had started a um, business and gone through with, with a with a friend that was like an event based business. I had started um, 
a jewelry business. I had there were lots of things I had started and not completed, and so I knew as soon as I said I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave my job. I'm going to write this letter of resignation. My my second comment to my friend was, "Oh my god, you know." I'm completely unreliable to actually quit this job and to create something else. And so can, and that was an instantaneous confronting cause, like confronting what had always been at the source of me being ineffective. And I said I I need a lot of partnership. And so we actually created a whole website that was about and as a structure to have me fulfill on leaving my job and creating something else. Really? <laughs> Yeah, well, where is that, we is that website still out there? <laughs> it is. It's it's not maintained at the moment. <laughs> I I, I'm curious what it is. That. Okay, it's now called, I have to it's talk. called Mogul in the Making. M O G U L in the Making dot com. And and it was it's us like she and I together looking at what it's going to take for um for the two of us to leave our jobs yeah and create businesses in the future. And the things that we learned along the way, and there is a while where we had a um, we had a morning call, and then we started recording our morning call, mm-hmm. and that was a podcast that we had for a while. That's I, I didn't know that. Uncensored. That's awesome. <laughs> it's very uncensored. It's like me brushing my teeth at seven o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Unedited, uncensored, the whole works out completely. But I think that's so important, though, because what what happens a lot of the time, and you know, as people listen to this show, I, I think people and people have a tendency, and I do this myself too, to look ahead to what people, where people are at now, regardless of where they're at, you know, and they may have had twenty year careers, or they may have had all these different events that lead them up to uh, to where they're at now, or even decisions that they're making now versus versus then, and. And I, I love that you're bringing that up because there's steps along the way. It doesn't just happen overnight. And I, I appreciate you being so transparent. And, and I'm curious then, what you know, what what else took place to be able to get you down this path? Because we've got so many people again that listen to this show that uh, that are in that place right now. They're struggling with where do I want to put my time and effort? And they may have tried some things in the past and they may kind of understand what some of their strengths are and they may understand the things that they like, but aren't necessarily sure what direction they want to go. So I'm curious, one, you know how, how that worked for you and how you started deciding a couple of different directions through trying things. And then two, you know what advice you'd give to them. Okay, great. Well, so one, the first piece of advice I would say is not liking... And and I'm going to throw this out there in case any of my people who used to work with me ever listen <laughs> to this. I actually loved a lot of aspects of my job. Uh-huh. I loved the people. I loved the people. I mean, I loved the people. And I really got a kick out of some of the work. But I just knew that overall, for the, you know, for the course of my life, if our life is lived in moments of now, which it is... I mean, tomorrow is the biggest lie that we've ever been told. <laughs> tomorrow never comes. We only ever get right now. And if I if I looked at what I was doing right now, if if I, you know, sad as this is to say, if I died tomorrow or if I died in five minutes, what would I want to be doing? Would this have been a fulfillment of the biggest possibility of who I see myself to be? And it was the answer was no. So it was just time to go for me. But so that said, 
I don't think that just not liking your job is reason enough to leave. Because who we are at our job is who we are in the rest of our life. And so if you're unhappy, you can... Unless... If you're unhappy in your job, it's likely that you're taking that unhappiness with you and that the common denominator is you. So I firmly believe that choice, this goes back to like living inside of a possibility or living inside of a context that you create. Um, If you leave a job because you hate the job, it's likely you'll go to another job and hate that job. Because what you're doing, like the, you know, what you're doing is you're you're hating something. <laughs> you're spending most of your time being angry and hating something. Now, if you can generate happiness, or if you see that your job isn't uh, isn't aligned with what you're committed to, I think that's a reason to leave your job. Does that make sense? That completely makes sense. And that uh, <laughs> I haven't actually heard too many other people talk about that. We talk about that specific concept all the time on this show, um, and, and I love that. Uh, I guess everything you said. First of all, I just want to pull out really quick. You said, you know, who we are at at our jobs is is often who we are at the rest of our life too. And you know, what I'm taking from that is you've got to make the decision to change it, regardless of where you're at, so that you can be who you want to be. And and I love the other thing that you said though about how if you don't, this is what I took it to mean. These aren't your words, but you know, if you don't identify what those things are that you really want, then you're going to move someplace else and you're probably going to have things pop up again that you you don't like, right? Absolutely. There's this, um, what's, now I'm going to, Brendan Burchard says something that I think really captures this this quite clearly is that uh, a power plant doesn't have energy, it generates it. Ooh, I love that. So it's it, and that makes it really clear because it's a machine. So we we all get how power plants work. It doesn't it doesn't innately have energy. If you turn everything off in the power plant, there's nothing about the power plant that has energy. It wasn't born with it, but it does generate it. And that's how we are in our life. I mean, we might not have happiness, but we certainly can generate it. We don't have satisfaction, but we certainly can generate it. And so um so I think that it's it's great to start to... And that's what I was doing in creating Being Loving. I was generating Being Loving. And then I happened to see that based on what I was committed to and the situation I was in, um, that I was in an environment that wasn't necessarily pulling for that. You can have synergy in an environment. Like I know that what I'm, what I'm actually committed to is that people experience being vibrantly alive and are present to the joyous journey of life. And get that they're limitless. That's awesome. I don't know that I can repeat that, but <laughs> yeah, and and like, but to be really clear on that, yeah. and I'm so clear on that. And when I got clear on that, I was like, okay, I got to measure everything that I considered doing, like all of the jobs I considered having, all of the careers I considered creating. Um, I got to measure them against that commitment. Like, is this a fulfillment of what I'm committed to? Hmm. That's, that's so interesting. Um, we, you know, when we work with people we'll often do what we, what we call creating a profile for them. And it's really all about just what you're talking, you know, what you're talking about it helping them get to that type of clarity, because it's amazing. Some of the freedoms that you get and the things that can fall away that you might've been worried about before 
once you have that type of clarity. So that's that's really interesting. So so how did you go about that then? How did you go about defining that and really getting down to that level of clarity? Okay. So, well, all right. So I decided what I wanted to do. I didn't want to have another job. I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I have all these ideas. I told you earlier, that's like my favorite thing to brainstorm business ideas. So I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. But people are the sum... We're the sum of the conversation that we're in. I, You may have heard people say you're the sum of the five people you hang out with most. Yeah. And I... I mean, we're social beings and we're impacted by all kinds of messages that we get all the time. And so, and that all comes in the form of conversation for the most part. And it might not be verbal conversation. It could be a visual conversation, but I'm going to, that's what I, how I, how I refer to it. So I was like, huh, I have this problem. I want to be an entrepreneur. But I work in a corporate environment and most of my friends have jobs. So how can I shift? So so that's not really going to pull for me to have entrepreneurial kinds of conversations. So I wanted to think about how without like abandoning all my friends <laughs> and my entire lifestyle, I could start to incorporate some entrepreneurship into my life. And I knew about podcasts. And so I started listening to them. I found a podcast, Entrepreneur on Fire. Um, that with John Lee Dumas that has a different entrepreneur seven days a week. And I just like flooded myself with that conversation and listening to what people go through and the different business ideas that they have and just starting to get inundated with that kind of information. And that really started to open something up for me. And then I started brainstorming. Like I would just get ideas about things that I wanted to do. And I would kind of try the idea on like, like a, like a shirt or like a sweater. Mm-hmm. You know, I would put it on and I would talk to people about it for a couple of days. Like, Oh, I had this idea. What do you guys think about it? What do you think the problems could be? Do you think that I would even be good at that? Um, and I would see for me if it felt like a fit. You know, so after a couple of days of people, and when you tell people you have an idea, they're ruthless about the questions that they ask. Most people, when I tell them what I do now, the first question they ask is, How do you make money doing that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like people have no qualms about asking you whatever's right there. And Isn't so, that and that's it's, and it's really great um, because it, it really helps you. It's helped me to troubleshoot. So I would, I would get these ideas and I would try it on and see if something fits. And, and, and I had at the same time started to look at like, why would I even want to be an entrepreneur? So I didn't have my, my, um, my purpose so clearly defined at that moment. I was just kind of like trying things on and really having those hard questions, like, or conversations with myself, like, why would I even, why do I even want to work for myself? Why, why do I value that so much? And I started to see that. The things that mattered to me were freedom, um, contribution, and the opportunity to have synergy, uh, and like uh, which allows for exponential kind of growth and impact. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I just I, I went I went from there, and and I think one thing that's really important that I would love people to to if you can only take away one thing. From from this from listening to this podcast is that uh, sitting on the fence 
is very painful. <laughs> you know, when you when you're split between like, should I stay at this? Um, should should I should I go? Should I have a new career? It applies to relationships. Like when you're always looking outside of your relationship, comparing yourself for something better, and sitting sitting on the fence. Like it's just extremely extremely uncomfortable. And so when you have when you can have those hard conversations with yourself and see that you are cause in your own life, when you can take responsibility for your life being the way it is, something else opens up. Not like it's my fault, because that's what we usually hear when we hear talk about responsibility, fault and blame and shame and guilt. But if you can look at like, I'm the source of everything in my life and it is the way it is because I said it was going to be that way. You can then declare something else. You can then be responsible for something else and start to create start to create something. And like that, you being the source of everything, when I looked at, okay, I, I have this corporate job because I said I wanted a corporate job and I have um the future, like I have no business because I haven't created one. Then I had the opportunity to really take take my life by I don't even know how to say this. I I could I could grab my life and then declare something else and a whole new future opened up. That is oh man, I'm trying to think where to start. I have all these notes sitting in front of me, but here's the one thing that I love the most out of that is the <laughs> the the metaphor and uh, literal version of sitting on the fence being so painful. <laughs> I'm going to borrow that. <laughs> it gives you such, such yeah. an image in your mind. because it, it does. It, it You're really like, is. you know where those white pickets are <laughs> sticking. <laughs> it's uncomfortable. Yeah. But I think for you know a lot of the people that I interact with that are exactly in that place, you don't really realize when you're there just how painful it is because you sort of learn to live in that. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I've been in that place personally. And it, it's only when I had come out of that and made some decisions, you know, even, even as little as a, a year ago for a couple of things in my life, you know, only after I made some of those decisions did I realize that there was a pain there. Mm-hmm. The pain of waiting, the pain of, you know, there's a million different things. The pain of not living life, there's a, he's so much that's rolled up in that. So I, I'm going to borrow that if you don't mind. Oh, yes, please do. And I have a quote that I want to read because I think that this really points to it too. At le- and this really sums up what I was saying about declaration. Mm-hmm. And it's by, I'm going to, I think it's Goethe, which yo, it's some Johan van Goeth. It looks like Goeth, but I think it's actually pronounced Goethe. Um, and please excuse me if you're really into quotes in English, <laughs> English lit major, and I totally crush that for you. But the, the quote is amazing nonetheless. And it is, until one has committed, there is hesitancy. The chance to draw back, always ineffectiveness. Concerning all acts of initiative and creation, there is one elementary truth. The ignorance of which kills countless ideas and splendid plans. That the moment that one definitely commits oneself, then providence moves too. All sorts of things occur to help one that would never otherwise have occurred. A whole stream of events issues from the decision, raising in one's favor all manner of unforeseen incidents and meetings and material substances, which no one could have dreamt would have come your way. Whatever you can do or dream, you can begin it. 
boldness has genius, power, and magic in it. I love that. I love that. We will put that in the in the show notes. That is Great. ridiculously powerful. It's so powerful. And it's and that's what I've really noticed. You know, I I'm I firmly believe in in my own journey. I really do believe in like it this is kind of the the philosophy behind a lean startup mm-hmm. method for something or like a spiral development or iterative cycle method of developing your life. Um, because when I decided I was going to leave my job, I had no idea what to do. And people would ask me like, Oh my God, what are you going to do? Everybody thought I was going to a different consulting firm. And I said, No, I just, I'm, I'm just leaving. Like I just, I just quit. I'm not going anywhere. I just am not doing this anymore. And I had this huge opening. And so I started to toy with ideas and then people would suggest things. And then, and, and so many opportunities have come my, my way, especially when I've had, um, when I've stood firm in my commitment and let myself be led by that, um, and been straight, really honest with everyone around me and myself. You know, and and vulnerable because that's what it takes to be honest when you're at risk for something. Um, when I've been brave enough to to say what's there, like yesterday, I was having a conversation with a friend and saying we were talking about like what each of us is dealing with in our own business, and I said, you know, I'm a small business, I'm in a cash crunch, and I'm really looking for ways that I can, you know, continue to create an income. And he told me what he was dealing with, which he develops transformational curriculums. And he's looking for somebody to do that with him mm-hmm. in a partnership. And he asked me if I would do that with him. And problem solved. And that's completely aligned. Like creating a transformational curriculum for a health company is completely aligned with my purpose. It's amazing how how many opportunities and good things will come out of the woodwork once you start just being blatantly honest and blatantly yourself and almost unforgivingly yourself. Mm-hmm. And you know, that really resonates with me just because we've had a couple couple guests on the show mention that recently and just just some of the life changes and and, and things that have come their way, not like they were expecting to and they weren't they weren't doing that and trying to be themselves so that they would get these things. But just realize that they needed to be themselves, and then all of the things that occurred as a domino effect from from that, and those different types of connections, and and so on and so forth. But I, that's that's really interesting for for me, um, just because that's that's such a struggle. Just putting yourself out there for so many people, <laughs> there's a risk, right? It feels risky. Yeah, know. and it, it's not vulnerability unless you unless it feels scary. Yeah, it just isn't. Yeah. <laughs> that otherwise, it's just like it's just speaking. I don't know. It's just being open, I guess. But real vulnerability comes from being at risk for something. You know, sharing something that is, um, like delicate and tender to you, and if somebody were to treat it harshly or uh disapprove like would actually hurt because it's it's some because it's something sacred so is that something that you've had to practice in order to do oh my god hush yeah heck yeah heck yeah 
So talk to us about that for just a minute before we wrap up, because I think that's that's important because, you know, regardless of what your career choice is or will be in the future, you know, I I think the people that are really, truly successful in whatever field, whatever business, whatever job, whatever role are those that have the ability to be genuine in that capacity. And it is something that takes practice. So I, I'm curious you know, what are a couple of things that you've done to make that a little bit easier on yourself and, and be able to take some of that risk? Hmm. I, the most critical piece is always knowing where you are, I think. Because I, I always thought that I was really... Um, I always said that I was open, but there were a lot of things that I never shared because I was afraid that people were going to... Uh, I don't I, I guess I would I would be really open and forward, but I wouldn't share things in a way that was actually vulnerable. Mm. Like I would never leave myself exposed. And I and I was completely clueless about that. I mean, if you had asked anybody, there was nothing I wouldn't tell you. I'm completely transparent in the way I live my life. But being vulnerable is actually sharing those things that you don't necessarily want people to know because you're scared of how they'll take it. And um, and to say it in a way where it's like you're actually almost asking for something without asking for it, like you're you're sharing from your heart. And um, and it took me a while to realize how uh, how much I didn't think that other people would love and and ex- accept me just the way I was. And um, so to really be straight about that. Like how much uh, it took me a while to see how much I kept people out of of my life in the areas where I didn't think I was I was doing well, or I would throw the bad times in their face like a defense. Hmm. But so the way the way probably the way that I practice it is is when people ask me how I am, I don't say fine. <laughs> If I'm not fine, you know, like I just, I've, st- I've trained myself to catch myself when I do those things that are like little lies where, you know, I, I think we live in a culture where lying has become, when we think of lying, we think of the blatant things like going outside of your marriage and then telling your spouse that you've been faithful or where you, um, we we just really think of a worst case scenario yeah. and lying in so many ways is telling those white lies or or uh really omitting the truth and then we have and and then and and it really impacts our relationships and our quality of life because we don't just tell those lies to other people we tell them to ourselves we omit the truth to ourselves and um and when i started being straight with myself about where where life was working uh and where life wasn't working and then bringing that kind of clarity and honesty to my relationships so when people would say how are you doing i'd say you know i i've created this business that's really amazing but i'm actually not sure it's a business because i don't have a revenue stream and i don't know what to do about that uh, that was really scary because I was like, people are going to think I'm an idiot. I mean, who starts a business without a revenue stream? <laughs> but that was the that was the most honest thing I could say at that moment. That's very and, cool. Yeah, and then it opened up like you know crazy conversations that weren't always comfortable. 
that usually aren't comfortable. But if we look back on life, the conversations that we've had that have really made a difference, for the most part, they're not comfortable. We're growing, and that's not usually comfortable. So, um, so that's how that's how I practice it. I just like I look at what would be truest to me right now. Wow. I, I wish we had like another hour and a half here to chat because <laughs> I, I'd love to talk to you more about, you know, some of those things specifically. That's, you know, that really, really resonates with me for so many different reasons. But I, I really think, you know, you have to be able to be willing to expose yourself in order to be able to have other people be willing to do the same with you and create that deeper level of connection. And, you know, I, the times in my life where I've done that, I don't know how many times I've I've ended a conversation where you know people are saying, "Hey, I don't, I've never told that to anybody else," but it's always been that time where I've been willing to do that. And oh yeah, and then what opens up? It's like then that relationship is so amazing and yeah. intimate, and other people feel safe, and you create space for other people to say what's actually going on with them, which is such a gift because that stuff, even when we keep it inside, it's just like eating away at us. And the intimacy that's experienced afterwards. And let me tell you, this this might seem like woo-woo and um, based on relationships. This is a powerful tool anywhere in life. I remember when I was at my corporate job after my last performance review, um, I didn't get the promotion that I wanted. And I was kind of pissed. Like, I felt <laughs> like I had really done everything. And I was not to brag, but I was one of those employees where people came up to me and they were always like, oh my God, you're doing such a great job. And everybody tells me that you're awesome. And it, so it just didn't make any sense mm-hmm. to me. And um, at the end of the interview, my boss said, is there anything that you'd like to say? And and this, and in a display, standing in um, standing in my purpose and like... For myself, I said, yeah, I, I wanted, I really want to get promoted. And I thought it was going to happen this time. And I don't want to leave it to chance next time. There are things because clearly that's not, that's not going to work out. And I want you to be my partner in having me get promoted. And will, will you do that? And he said, yes. And it really was scary when I asked him that. Like, I was afraid he was going to say no, that I was ridiculous, tell me something awful. I mean, I had all of that normal human brain trash noise going on in the background, but it really, but I, but I took the vulnerable step and the courageous step and asked for the help. And it, I mean, within weeks, we had created a plan and he actually gave me the opportunities, opportunities I needed to be promoted in that position. And I'm sure had I stayed through my next promotion cycle um, or my next assessment cycle, I would have gotten that promotion. I, I heard a quote the other day and I, I don't know who had said it, but it, it completely applies to this and many other situations. And it, it was something to the effect of your income in your life or your, you know, your ability to earn income in your life is directly reflected on the your willingness to have uncomfortable conversations. And I think that's an uncomfortable conversation for most people. And unfortunately, most people are just, they're simply not going to do it. And that ends up separating yourself out both uh, in the marketplace and, you know, at a job and any place else that you could possibly go. And, you know, you have given us so much today. I, I, I really, really appreciate it. 
And I, I hate to end the interview here, but I wanted to give you an opportunity to be able to share what you've got going on and what you're excited okay. about and and anything else that you want to, I, I guess, where, you know, where people could reach you if they want to reach out and make connection, you know. Go for yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Go. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, well, so what's going on with me is I host Give Good, which is a Monday through Friday podcast. Monday through Thursday is interviews with different entrepreneurs, innovators, change agents, and they share their journey, much like I've shared mine here. And um, then Friday is kind of... It's called... It's Funky Friday. I just implemented it last week. Being vulnerable, a stepping out, and I share whatever's going on with me or what I'm learning in my journey right now. And so that's fun and brief. And you can find out um, about that at www.givegoodpodcast.com. And then I'm also a coach. So I specialize in um, helping people who are transitioning from a corporate job into an entrepreneurial career path to, you know, get connected to what you really care about, um, you know, and take those next steps, have some accountability in your life because it's so critical. And so that's what I do. I also can, you know, coach people and really taking on any area of their life that they're stuck in. So if that's something that you're interested in, I do offer a free 30-minute strategy session. So you can reach me at givegoodpodcast.com again. And uh, yeah, and and I'm also a coach in this thing called the School of Inner Beauty, which allows women to get in touch with their their beauty and have it be revealed from the inside out. And this is like a hugely transformational program because ladies out there, I know we can get all sexy sexified on the outside, but like when you don't love who you are, um, I don't know, nothing else, nothing else is worthwhile, frankly. And so the school of inner beauty is it's a school of inner beauty.com. And you can also go to give good podcast and find links to that there. And that's just a, an amazing initiative created by a good friend of mine. And it's, it's rocking people's lives. So that's, that's everything about me. I'd love to talk to you. I mean, uh, you can just send me an email if you want coaching or just to have a conversation about anything at katie at givegoodpodcast.com. Wow, that was a lot of information. Sorry about that. I'm kind of a talker. That, that's okay. That's that's wonderful. And I, I've been to her site. I've listened to uh, you know, Give Good Podcast. It's wonderful. Highly recommend you take the time to go over there. Check it out. You won't be disappointed. Katie, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Scott. It was so much fun. <laughs> I had a great time. I'm honored to be here. And I know that your listener base is just like the most motivated, awesome group of people. <laughs> so you guys feel acknowledged in that. You're amazing. Thanks. So guess what? It's that time again. Right, Mark? It is. Time. Yeah, the HTYC recap. And... And Mark and can't talk. Neither Mark can can't I. Talk. Um, you oh. know, this interview you did with Katie was fantastic. And I, I kind of laugh because I say that every time, but it seemed like the overarching theme of what you and Katie talked about and really what the theme of, I guess you could say her career journey or her life has been is, is making a decision and the importance of just deciding to do something and then moving on from there. And I think sometimes that's so hard to do because we're scared that, uh, I think first off that if we make a decision that we're going to be stuck and we're not going to be able to do anything else, which of course isn't true, but you know, there's that quote that she shares that's really long and it's in the show notes and you can rewind and listen to it. I'm not going to read it for you again, Scott, um, or for you, the audience, but 
you know, it's it's the fact that once you decide to do something, all sorts of things fall into place after that. And I, and I don't think it's magic. I don't think there's some, you know, decision aura that circles the earth or anything. But I think what it is, is once you've made that decision, you focus on certain things and you recognize things that you wouldn't have seen before because you hadn't made that decision. You hadn't decided that you were going to, um, you know, change jobs or, you know, work in a certain industry or whatever it is. But making that decision is so huge because it allows you to focus on that and it allows you to move forward. So I think that was, to me, the overarching theme of, of what Katie talked about. And I, I think it's so important for people when they're in that position where they're trying to move towards work that they love, they realize that they need to make a decision. They need to decide uh, whether they need to move to another job or whether they just need to move to another position or whether they need to um, just change their attitude about their current job. And that's those are all decisions that need to be made. And once you do, it'll help you to move towards work that you love. Make a the decision. Next, it's almost like magic. <laughs> almost. I like that. That's a good tagline. We should use that. <laughs> Starting episode. Now. Katie McCarthy episode. Make a decision. It's almost like magic. I like it. <laughs> the, the next thing that stuck out to me was something that, you know, you and I have, have talked about quite a few times, Scott. And that's, she said, and I'm probably butchering this, but it's pretty much what she said. She said, if you leave a job because you hate the job, you'll likely go to another job and hate that job too. Yeah. And you know, you and I talked about that um, when we were talking about the the profile that we do mm-hmm. and how important it is that you not run from something, but that you run to it. And so that really resonated with me. And I think you said the same thing as you're interviewing her, that it makes so much sense that if, if you're just hating your job it doesn't help you get to something you love to do. And so it's it's being conscious of whether you're doing that or not and then making the decision not to do that and to um, decide that it doesn't match with, I think, she, what did she say? If it's um, if it doesn't match with your values or your um, what you find important, then that's a reason to leave your job. And I, I completely agree with her in that aspect. The uh, The next one that I noticed was she talks about how when you take responsibility for how you got to where you are, when you realize that you're the reason that you are where you are, then you can make that change. You know, And it's that personal accountability part and realizing why you are where you are that gives you the power and the ability to make the decision to change and to do something differently. And that's hard for a lot of us because it's easier for me to blame where I'm at in my job or uh, in my career on anything, <laughs> anything other than myself, yeah. Scott, it's, it's easy to blame, uh, you know, my boss or, um, to blame circumstances, you know, or, um, the economy or the president or anybody. But if you do that, then you're a victim to those things and you're held captive by those things. But if you make the decision and realize, you know what, I have this job because I chose to take it and it's my fault that I'm here and I'm not, I'm not happy when you make that decision, you admit that, then you can say, it's also going to be my decision that gets me out of here. It's also going to be the things that I do that get me to move to something I like to do. And that's a really hard thing to do. And that's part of that being vulnerable that she talks about. But as you do that, it gives the power back to yourself and you're able to move and and to work through your career transition and get to work you love. So that's a huge thing that she pointed out that really resonated with me. The final thing is she talks about, you know, she made that comment that, um, let's see, where was it? Sitting on the fence is very painful. And, you know, this goes back to that decision thing. And you mentioned, Scott, as you were talking, as you guys were talking about it, that you don't even realize how painful it is until you're not there anymore. 
you know, there's been times in my career that I've been that way. You know, you look back and you're like, wow, that was really miserable, but I didn't realize it at the time. And it's that sitting on the fence, it's that not making a decision that's probably harder on you than being in a bad job. You know, not deciding what you want and making the decision to do it is harder on you and it's more damaging and it's more painful than, you know, just deciding to be miserable. And, you know, I don't think here at HTYC we want anybody to decide to be miserable, but the point is you have to make that decision. And if you're not sure what you're going to do, that is going to stress you out. It's going to frustrate you. It's going to be painful. It's going to be painful on people around you, your family and your friends, because you don't know where you're going and you have no purpose or direction. And so, you know, that goes back to the decision thing. But, um, you know, that really struck me when she talked about sitting on the fence being painful because it's true. I mean, you don't realize that it is until afterwards. And then you realize um, how much you're missing out on and how much, um, you know, per- I, I guess that you don't have a purpose. And that's that's a hard thing for people. You know, that's that's a really important part of of your career and your career journey is having that purpose and knowing where you're going, knowing what you want to do. Um, so those are the, I guess that's, what is that? One, two, three, four, four things that stuck out to me about this interview. And we'd love to have you go to the Happen to Your Career website, happentoyourcareer.com uh, backslash Katie dash McCarthy and check out the show notes. Uh, got links to the things that she talked about. We have that quote that she, she read there. Um, we have it put down there and answer the question for us. What are you sitting on the fence about in your life? And when are you going to make a decision? Thanks, Mark.